So needless to say, last year was quite an interesting year for a lot of people, quite a difficult year. For organizations and businesses, a number of challenges presented themselves, and there are a number of solutions to those challenges. To talk about some of the lessons we learned or maybe should learn from the year 2020 in the organizational communications world, I'm talking today with Bradley Cooper, editor for Digital Signage Today. Hello, Mr. Cooper. Hi, how are you doing? Good, 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 good. Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Cooper for talking to me today, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening. This is Digital Signage Done Right. Whether you're new to digital signage or a seasoned pro, this podcast gives you practical advice about systems, communications, and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt, Communications Specialist for Physics. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. So Digital Signage Today is, uh, what is it? It's like a news organization that kind of focuses on digital signage, but you guys do other things too, right? You look at kiosks and AI and, and other sort of digital communications technologies. Yes, that's correct. Digital Signage Today mainly focuses on digital signage, but we also look at things like digital out of home and touchscreen kiosks mm-hmm. and all the latest trends in those industries such as touchless. Right. You've seen it all. You're up to date on the state of the art. You have a pretty good idea of where things are heading in this uh, space uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. So 2020. Wow. What a a year, huh? (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. It was definitely a really crazy time. Like it's kind of unprecedented, I think. Uh, isn't it? Obviously, I think the word unprecedented gets thrown around a lot, but mm. it definitely has applied to this year in many ways, especially in our generation and in our lifetimes. Mm, that's true. So what are what are some of the, the things that have come up uh, in the digital signage and digital communications world and some of the challenges that uh, the whole COVID-19 debacle uh, sort of uh, presented. Obviously, the number one thing is, wow, not a lot of people were physically in their workspaces or at their university or things like this. And so digital signage, did we even need it? Right. That was the big issue. I'd say the number one issue is just the fact that during the shutdowns, digital signage, biggest market retail took a big hit, either Mm. A, because of some of those retailers were shut down during the whole COVID stuff, or B, those retailers took a big hit to their revenues. They didn't have that extra advertising money. So that was probably the biggest hit. And also, as you mentioned, just certain places like universities and entertainment venues like sports arenas being shut down as well to begin with. Right. Yeah. Cinemas, obviously nobody's going to the cinema, nobody's seeing your digital posters. You spend all this time designing so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So how did different uh, companies adapt to this? What did they, what did they do? Did they transition their digital signage to like online to try and reach customers uh, and their audience that way? So they did a number of things. And the first really big one is, is they just went back and looked at their solutions and asked this question, in what way can our current digital science offerings meet the needs of companies right now during COVID-19? Right. 
And for some of them, that was pretty easy. Some of them, for example, if they already had a content management system that was very, um, oh, it's what I'm looking for, very versatile, they could simply offer, okay, here are some COVID-19 safety messages. We'll put them in a template. We'll give you like a package of content so you can update your displays to say, hey, customers, keep six feet away, wear your masks, wash your hands and all that. Right. Don't sneeze on each other. Right, right. <laughs> and the rest had to look at what new solutions can we develop to meet those needs. And some of those solutions include things like deploying displays right outside the entrance to let mm. people know, okay, we're at capacity, you can't come in, or we're not at capacity yet, come in, sort of. A so like a, like a leveraging a queuing system. Yeah, yeah, and kind of like a green light, red light sort of system. Mm. Whereas other vendors, what they did, and this is especially in the kiosk side, is they began to look at, okay, people aren't as comfortable touching touchscreens anymore because all the germs and COVID-19 and all that. So what's like a touchless option we can add so customers can still interact with that kiosk or that interactive digital signage, but feel comfortable doing so. Mm. And there's been a lot of them. Like I saw a lot of companies have been developing gesture control. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we've all been waiting for that, right? We all saw the movie Minority Report and we we're like, okay, where's that? Yeah, it's it's slowly coming into play now. Obviously, with that technology, it's going to run into some accuracy problems from the very get-go. I mean, the COVID-19 sort of catapulted the touchless side of things to the forefront. Mm. And so that market, which was in development but hadn't really hit its own, is starting to really go on its own, if you know what I mean. Well, I, mean, I think maybe for a lot of uh, companies, a lot of people might have just thought, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a little bit of a novelty item. I don't know that we really need it. Oh, here comes a situation now in the real world where actually we do need some kind of touchless solution. And yeah, right. And one way they've tried to do it to make it easy is to do things like put a QR code on their displays, right? which people can just go on that, scan it, and then they can control the kiosk or digital screen from their phone. Oh, that's interesting. So the QR code doesn't take you out to some external web page. It actually takes you to sort of an operational dashboard. Yes, that's correct. Now, what's Ooh. interesting about that is that the effectiveness and how many people use it really depends upon the transience of the audience. Because mm. a lot of times, like if you've got an audience that's very, you know, transient, like at an airport, they're in and out. They probably won't be there for another year or maybe or maybe more. So they not might not be as willing to scan a QR code. Right. But if you have an audience that's more settled, like a university, they're much more willing to do it. So that's that's a big pain point with that touchless technology and then of course there's uh there's voice obviously too i think voice uh user interfaces vuis are also sort of being uh becoming more popular right and much like uh with touchless voice had begun to be talked about in the industry before covid19 all hit i remember mm. i think there was a blog someone posted on digital science day last year well two years now about how voiceless is sort of the future because we're already all talking to our Alexas, so it only makes sense, hey, let's use that with the screen. Well, that's exactly that's exactly right. I'm always talking about how, you know, the, the goal is to create a, quote, 
more consumer-like experience. And if the digital signage technology isn't at least as good, engaging, and easy to deal with as my phone and the stuff that I use all the time in my my home and so on, then, you know, it just looks old-fashioned, even though it's this modern way of doing things. So this kind of stuff just seems like a natural progression to me. Right, definitely. That's definitely a big component to it. And especially... With digital signage in general, it's really been trying to catch up, if you will, to the way the internet has done advertising. For example, if you log in to your Facebook today, the ads you see are going to be tailored to what pages you like, what your comments are, what your political views are, what your religious views are. What your shopping habits are. Yeah, what your shopping habits are. So digital signage vendors have been trying to find a way to catch up to that. So give that minority report style. Give like the feeling of the minority report without the creepiness. <laughs> yeah, right. Please, please don't steal my eyeball. <laughs> Right. And so one way they've all been trying to do this, and this is something that's been fermenting for a while, but starting to gain fruit is the idea of dynamic digital signage. And by that, you mean sort of more individualized and tailored to the specific person viewing it. Right. And like you mentioned before, how you see a lot of these static screens and it seems kind of, eh, it seems a little outdated. Mm. Well, with dynamic signage, it's going to look at things like, A, what's the time of day? So if it's middle of lunch, let's roll out some content for lunch or some, you know, maybe a coupon for coffee or something like that. And B, it might look at something like, what's the demographic of the individual looking at the screen? Is this someone who's old, young? What's their gender? And beyond that, also, what's the their mood. And this, I actually saw a demonstration of this. Sometimes this can be really simple. If someone approaches a screen with like their head down, they're usually maybe a little sad. So you might tailor message that way. Whereas if their head is sort of tilted, they might be seem a little angry or a little bit, you know, irritated. So you might tailor it for that. So it's very <laughs> yeah. interesting the sort of things people are doing with these displays. Just as a side note, a lot of them are trying to avoid the facial recognition side. Now... Because it's, it's creepy. It's creepy, right? Yeah. So the distinction between facial identification and facial recognition is a subtle one. Facial identification is more about just identifying, like, what type of person is looking at the display, whereas recognition is more about... Who is that person looking at the display, if you know what I mean? That's that's a big issue because once you get on the side of really identifying who that person is, like here's their identity, you run into all sorts of legal problems or potential legal problems. And there's also just the creep out factor. I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, 50 years from now, that'll be commonplace and no one will think twice about it. But certainly right now, if I walked up to a screen, if it said, hi, Derek, <laughs> How are you? How was your burger last night? I would run screaming into the hills. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the that's the key point. It's almost like there, it's uh, there's a, there's a term called the Overton window for like AI and artificial intelligence where mm -hmm. can you tell what it's doing or not or is it does it just feel natural? So like for example with that, that creeps you out because it's like 
it's almost like there was a stalker staring at you through through the windows. Yeah. Whereas if it's, for example, new based on your loyalty program that you had a burger last night, it might give someone like, hey, you know, here's a coupon code for a burger and not mention anything about it. That's a little bit more subtle, if you get what I'm saying. Right, right. Instead of saying, hey, I've been watching you, pal. It just kind of goes, burger? And it knows that there's a good chance you're going to say yes. Right, precisely. As opposed to if it somehow knows from your, like you said, your loyalty program that you, um, you're probably a vegetarian then it might not serve up burger right exactly and you see you've seen a lot of restaurants start to use this with their menu boards especially i know mcdonald's has toyed around with it a lot is the idea of tailoring the content that shows up on their menu boards based on what the person has ordered before Mm -hmm. so that way if this person say for example never ordered a big mac it won't show big macs on the menu display that's interesting because you would have thought at least certainly in the 20th century advertising mindset and business mindset, you would have thought that they would say, this person needs to be shown Big Macs so that they will perhaps also get interested in Big Macs. Right. And that's that's a very interesting thing. Like the previous model of doing advertising looked at, okay, this person isn't interested. Let's find a way to make them interested. Whereas the new model still has some of that, but it's also, okay, they may not like Big Macs. We know we they like this, so let's get this in front of their face. More of like a tailored experience rather than just sort of a one-size-fits-all, let's try to get them to love our product. I think part of it is too, is with the online world and the digital world and smartphones and mobile devices in our pockets and hands, we're just consuming so much content. We're interacting with so much content uh, on a daily, even hourly basis that in many ways we don't need to start from scratch like that, say, you did in the 1950s where you're putting in a newspaper ad and you're trying to get people to come to your clothing store. Uh, It's assumed, hey, this audience already has clothes. They know how to shop for clothes. They know what they like. And so we're going to help them fine-tune the preferences that they already have as opposed to manufacturing a preference from whole cloth. Right. And I think you see this as well with online advertisements. Like, for example, back in the day, I would have never, ever clicked on a Facebook ad. And I still barely do. But every Mm. once in a while, it will tailor an ad so closely to things I enjoy that I might even click on. I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. Like, that t-shirt looks interesting. (laughs) And I think it's the same principle with dynamic digital signage. Because, I mean, unlike in the previous days, we are now just bombarded with advertisements from every ad angle you can imagine so if one of them is going to get through it has to be something that in some way is tailored to that individual's experience right without getting too invasive yes exactly that's your that's your balancing act so companies are starting to find out ways to create more uh, touchless interactive uh, digital signage through gesture through uh, mobile apps, through voice, and also trying to make their uh, content a bit more relevant to the individuals based on types. You know, you're a man, you're a woman, you're this, you're that. What else are uh, our organizations doing to try and adapt to this new environment? Because the thing is, even once, let's assume everybody gets the vaccine and everything kind of reopens and goes back to normal, I don't think it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be altered and shifted. I think a lot of companies are going to start 
having a workforce that is at least part-time, if not a lot of the time, working remotely. I think we're going to see this with the universities. We're going to see a whole sort of sea change in the way that we we deal with uh, spaces and, and organizations made up of lots of people. Right. And I think one way that digital science users specifically have tried to adjust is part of an older trend, and that's the idea of the omni-channel communications model. Mm. And what that is, is, okay, let's take all of our marketing and communication tools. Let's take our digital signage, our website, our app, and let's make the experience seamless so that it seamlessly delivers the same message across all platforms. And that's been something that's been a big learning curve for organizations. I mean, just look, for example, at how many organizations have struggled to communicate effectively when they move to a model where a lot or everyone is working from home. So that's that's been a huge learning curve. And so I think for digital signage, it's about how can digital signage interact with and sort of be a part of that whole speech, if you will, of the omni-channel experience. Well, you know, Sean Matthews, the president and CEO of Physics, is, is very fond of saying that uh, digital signage is... Its purpose is to influence human behavior. That's what it's trying to do. It's trying to get people to wear a mask or sign up for the 401k program or attend the meeting or use some of the on-site facilities like the cafe or the spa or what have you. Obviously, it depends on the type of uh, facility we're talking about, but it's all about influencing people's behavior in some way. Right, definitely. And that's that's an important component to keep in mind because as a communications tool, it really needs to be speaking to customers' needs where they are at. And the only way to really do that is to have a strategy that is updating your content on a very regular basis. And I'll give you actually a pre-COVID-19 example of a display that didn't do that. I was at this uh, retail uh, gas station once, and they had one of those like displays within like the POS little display kit. So as I was looking at that, it was giving me content for like food from July, and it was the middle of winter. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you giving me the summer content? And that's sort of a more severe example of the idea that the content really needs to be tailored, not just to the individual, but to the situation. Right, the place, the time. Right. And I saw, for example, a few digital billboards really do this right. For example, when COVID-19 was hap- was just coming into being and a lot of places were shut down a lot of digital billboards would donate their space to say hey thank an essential worker or thank healthcare people or for example i saw this a lot the students who weren't able to have a graduation they'd put up their picture on there and said congratulations to this graduate and it would have their name oh, in picture. that's very nice because because again what you're doing is you're, you're still training your your audience to when they are physically in the space or or near your digital signs whether they're billboards or whatever that they get in the habit of of looking at it regularly because there's something up there that's worthwhile or might be worthwhile right exactly and that's that's been the what digital signage vendors i think they've done a pretty good job at COVID 19 is just how can we help this business 
survive through all of this. And I remember there was one campaign, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was very early on in 2020, that essentially donated digital out-of-home advertising space to small businesses Mm. who would obviously be suffering the most under all this COVID-19 restrictions and this illness itself. So they've really stepped up to sort of help businesses not just survive and to thrive through it. Right. It just, just because things got difficult or, or got weird for a while doesn't mean that it's all over. It just means uh, those, I think agility is very important for modern companies, even before COVID. Right. Agility is definitely important. And also communication is just more important than ever, as you touched upon. And especially during, you know, COVID-19, it became very important to communicate with your audience and your customers Like, for example, here's our new hours or here's our new expectations for you or we're only open for pickup and things like that. And I've noticed that some companies could have really benefited from having a display. For example, there's been some times I've gone out to go to a business because their hours on their website say they're open till seven. I arrive there and all the lights are off. Then I drive up, there's like a little tiny paper sign that says, oh, we closed at five. Well, if you'd had a display there, that might have been a little bit easier to see. And Mm -hmm. if you had integrated that more effectively with your website and your Google, then it's really just important to stay up to date with your customers. Sometimes businesses really underestimate how much that will affect a customer's perception Mm -hmm. of them. A lot of people might get a little wrong with digital signage because a lot of people look at it and will say, oh, that's just, that's a sales tool. So I'm just going to throw up. Here's my ad of the week. And that's that's fine for some occasions. That's especially fine if, you know, it's, it's a digital billboard and you only have a few seconds. But it goes beyond that. It's not just for advertising. It's also for how we build a nice customer experience. Or on the employee mm-hmm. side, how do we train employees? And that's been another thing where digital signage has been very effective during the pandemic, because if you're a retailer, how in the world are you going to train all your employees who are probably coming in and out because of you know sickness or just because they quit? How are you going to teach them, here are all the new procedures, here are all the new cleaning procedures? And that's yeah. one. Yeah. And that's definitely one way digital signage can help by just reminders of do this and this disorder like first wipe down this area then wipe down that area yada 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 right because until it becomes rote until it becomes a, a, a habit yeah because a lot of this stuff is new or maybe the procedures change maybe hey we found a new way to do things that keyword there is change because there is especially during COVID-19 but it continues there is constant change in both like government requirements and just the overall state of virus and the state of what people are comfortable with. Right. So having something that can communicate to people right away is incredibly important. If we can have that kind of omni-channel presence from, say, our favorite restaurants or whatever, it helps us navigate the new landscape after it shifts. That's been the probably the biggest positive for digital signage throughout all of this is just the fact that, like you mentioned, the things can change at the drop of 
of a hat. Regulations can change at the drop of a hat. So just having a screen that says, okay, something very simple, like A, wear your mask, B, keep socially distant, or even like, hey, here's the new regulations on how many people can be inside the building at once. And it also saves companies money on having to keep employees out there to count people coming in or prevent people coming in. So it would be much easier just to have a display that says we're at capacity and just says to wait essentially until one person leaves the building, the sensor goes off, it communicates the display, hey, now we're not at capacity anymore. Do you think that we're going to see more AI integration into sort of the back end side of digital signage? Can't help but wonder if if we're going to create little AI tools that sort of help semi-automate in an intelligent, adaptable fashion the process of not creating content, but at least scheduling it and figuring it out how to day part, how to do this, how to do that without uh, a human having to do every little step and make every tiny decision. That is a very, very big trend that we're seeing a lot more of. And I can give you an example. So this one company did some work with McDonald's in Sweden to help them add some AI to the digital menu boards in the background Mm. so that the AI would automatically update content based on, you know, day partying or, you know, the conditions outside. So having that artificial intelligence integration can really help, like with you mentioned, just almost automating the digital signage. So you don't have to have someone necessarily extra on the back end going into the CMS and uh, trying to figure it out and trying to approve all of it and trying to figure out what's the best for each time of day. Just having that AI tool to automate that makes it A, much more seamless, but B, far more dynamic. And even just uh, the technology that even exists today, I think it can be less leveraged into new uses like uh, like it occurs to me facial recognition technology like can't it be used to tell if somebody's wearing a mask or not yes and that's definitely one tool that several vendors have utilized to just mm-hmm. identify and some of them can get very complex like could identify what type of mask are they wearing wow. are they wearing a cloth mask or I forget what's called it's like the C97 I probably butchered that but the more I the ventilator know. yeah right Right, right, right. Yeah. And it can tell, like, are they wearing it actually over their entire face or have they got their nose exposed or something like that? Now, what the business does with that information is up to them. They could say the display will be like, hey, put your mask on. Or if you want to get real fancy, you could just refuse people entry until they do it. And some places Mm -hmm. have actually integrated it, like, with their door system where the door will lock until the person, like, you know, puts the mask all the way on. Really? That's very sophisticated. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a smart home type of application. Talk about the internet of things. IoT has always been on the horizon, but it's got a little extra boost now that businesses realize they need to be smarter about Mm. the way they communicate and also tracking customers, honestly, too. Because figuring out what the footfall pattern of a customer is like through the store is very important if you want to enforce social distancing. (laughs) There is going to be, I think, a lot of movement, like we mentioned, in the AI space. But mm. 
I think the key word that I want to focus that I would focus on in with is integration because companies and vendors are finding all sorts of ways to integrate their solutions into sort of an all-in-one deal. One example I can think of is Coinstar, which those are those kiosks where you can drop off your extra coins. Oh, like at a, like at a supermarket, like I've got, I don't know, $80, $18 worth of pennies. Yeah, one thing they've done is they've now started integrating displays on top of the kiosk so mm. that businesses can advertise their product on that kiosk. So that's kind of like, yeah, why not? It's an extra tool for revenue, both for the kiosk itself and a way for companies to make a little extra money. And Mm. since if someone's approaching the Coinstar kiosk, they're already an active, invested customer anyway because Mm. they're coming up to use it. So I think integration and capturing and meeting audiences where they're at that's a trend that's just going to keep going. So the year 2020 certainly presented a lot of challenges, but in kind of a weird way, it also presents some opportunities and it has acted as an accelerant for trends that were already in the works. We're going to see in the next few years, a lot of integration with the digital world. We're going to see digital signage get smarter and more tailored towards our interests and uh, and who knows who knows what else but uh, it's been a super super stimulating conversation i'd like to thank bradley cooper editor for digital signage today for talking to me today thank you sir thank you so much and of course digital signage today you can check the episode notes for a link to that they also have webinars they have podcasts of their own and it really is sort of a one-stop shop for the digital signage realm What's going to happen with digital signage uh, today this year? Any Anything interesting coming up? Well, we definitely have a few podcasts coming down the line. We're definitely still working on pieces on trends, both for 2021 and for just how these companies are going to be using digital signage going forward. And we're going to, especially with focus on AI, we're especially going to be looking at what is AI going to do this year. So to keep abreast of the situation as it unfolds, make sure to go to digital signage today again check the show notes for that thank you again and thank you everybody for listening hey want more free stuff then head to the resources section of physics.com for free masterclass guides blogs videos and more to help you with your digital signs please share subscribe and leave a review of this episode and connect with us on social media